You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Good afternoon. Come on in. Get your thirst and your hunger on. We are live from Innisfree. It's the Friday place to be. Actually, it's the place to be seven days a week. But Lars, myself, Laura Lee, and today with Peyton, we're only here other than... You know, just socially. We are here from noon until 2. Drop by and um, get yourself a burger, some fries, and a beer. Sounds like a great way to kick off the weekend as LSU comes to Bryant-Denny Stadium. So, collectively, all at once, you three, how are you? You're Terrific. Fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> Excited. How about this weather, Laura Lee? I, I don't mean, like this cold is... weather. Oh, um, it's going to warm up, though. should be nice tomorrow night, don't you think? No, it's going to be cold. Again? At night? Well, yeah, at least it's at not going to be in the 30s. What, what constitutes cold to you? Anything below 60. <laughs> Whoa. I'm kind of with you there. I think I'm kind of with you. That's a Louisiana thing now. Yeah, for well, sure. You know what? Yeah. You know who's the biggest putty when it comes to cool now? The guy that grew up in Nebraska. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It's pretty bad. I mean, I, I've got like were, four layers on right now. Last night you were watching your son, and it was cold last night. Well, Louisiana gets two seasons. They get ten months of summer and then two months of just like cold, medium cold weather, like yeah. 50 degrees and lower. So... Well, yeah, so last night at my son's uh, eight, my Lincoln, my eight-year-old, at his flag football game, it was the first time he had ever played any athletic event in cold weather. And he normally, and I'm not just saying this as a proud father, although I am, uh, he's normally the, the, the best player on the field. And he was just off his game last night. And he just was not interested he was running like half speed. Uh, he didn't break any runs at all, even though I was on on him pretty hard. Like, come on, buddy. Hey, big big time players make big time plays in big games. That was a playoff game. Beat these guys by 28 in the regular season, and uh, the cold just absolutely uh, uh, impacted him in a major way, which I think actually illustrates a larger point. If you have Southern team going to the north in late October, November, early December, it would be such a big advantage to, uh, to say, Ohio State or Michigan or, yes, even Nebraska to play uh, in, in Auburn, Alabama, and LSU at their place. And, Give me and, some and, documentation and, here. Well, give, give me no. Give me I, I just it, Well, look... We Nebraskans, we were really upset in the 80s and 90s because we would play in the Orange Bowl almost every single year, and we'd play Miami of Florida. Essentially a a home game for Miami, Florida, or Florida State. And what what we were always saying is, well, why don't they come to Lincoln, Nebraska in uh, January 1 and play? Because you don't have a decent place to play a bowl game. Memorial Stadium. How many college campuses host bowl games? Uh, Miami. Miami. The Orange Bowl. That's not on their campus. The Orange Bowl, it was. No. The old, you know the old Lars, I'm going to challenge you right off the bat. I think that's a bunch of hooey. <laughs> See, I don't think you don't, you don't, think, than, you don't think weather plays a role in... That's not what I said. I'm saying your, your reasoning here is a bunch of hooey. 
Hey, I, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. Laura Lee, you may remember this. I don't know. I may be dating you too much. Um, UCLA came to uh, Memphis to play in the uh, Liberty Bowl in 1976. It's like 10 degrees. Alabama beat the heck out of them. Do you think that was because UCLA had a little bit warmer weather or Alabama was better? Well, we'll get a real interesting uh, example of this when the four Pac-12 teams join join the Big Ten. USC USC and UCLA, Oregon, and uh, who else? The fourth team, Washington. once they start playing again in Go to the in, 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 November. in Ann Arbor, for them, yeah, for sure, it'll be, no it'll be difficult for yeah. them. Well, football's now, just such a different egg. I mean, you loosen up, you warm up, you get, and I know it can get like down to three degrees, and that would make a difference, team. Wouldn't that make a difference to the team that was playing at home too? No, because you're you're, 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 wet, yeah. you're you're used to it. You practice in it. Um, I'm I'm not following this road. Well, <laughs> you remember for ten years back in the day, and I'm dating myself. Alabama and Penn State had the home and home. Yeah. But that yeah. was early in the year. Yeah. When was the last time Alabama played a game uh, under freezing? In the in the in the twenties. Well, okay. Now. And we talk about this as a family. Uh, some of the coldest games that uh, we sat through, and one of them was Liberty Bowl. And the other one was the first SEC championship against Florida, one of the coldest that games. That was just nasty. It was horrid. Yeah. It was, and it was raining sideways, too. It was uh, not throughout the entire game. It was gray, overcast, 20 degrees. And then, uh, you remember when we played Michael Vick in the Music City Bowl and they just... Oh, yeah, that was a brutal cold day, too. Yeah. Well. Rain. So, are you in agreement with what Lars is saying? It would have an effect on a team? Well, okay, uh, it might, but doesn't that come down to mental toughness? I mean, that's part of it. Sure. And uh, I know people in the Big Ten, because this is not the first time I've heard about this, think, oh, well, why don't you come up here and play? So I think that's just something that uh, they think that, you know, could it be an intangible? Yes. Do I think it would matter for a team like Alabama with the mental toughness? I don't think so. I would be willing to bet that uh, 80% of the Alabama players have never played in a game where the temperature was in the teens in their entire life. Because they're all mostly from South, South Florida. Yeah, South and then the South. others are from Texas and California. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. Well, I think that the, the deal with the UCLA and USC moving to the Big yeah, Ten, I mean, so that's we'll, we'll a get... huge deal for them, I think. If they have to play a game in the horseshoe in November, like that'll be a factor for sure. Absolutely. For a Lincoln-Riley team that loves to pass and not play defense. Well, a lot of those kids are California kids too, right? So. Yeah. I guess I, I don't think it's a significant difference, personally. Well, not but, to say know, that I'm not a weatherman. I'm not James Spann. Well, not to say that like USC plays in Iowa next year in November, they won't still beat them. Probably, it's just a, it's a it's a factor. It's an external factor that can impact the game. Yeah. Vice versa, does it affect Nebraska a lot? 
going to play in more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it does. I'm sure that's not just because they lose. (laughs) (laughs) Undefeated in October for the first time since 2001. Hey, Hey, the world and myself included are loving the Cornhuskers right now. I'm telling you, there is a possibility of helping Alabama. There is a scenario in place where Alabama is going to need Nebraska to knock off either Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game for Alabama to get into college football playoffs. I will be loving it that week. (laughs) Well, and who they got this week? Uh, Michigan State. Very winnable. Very winnable. Extremely winnable. You know who the next coach at Michigan State is going to be? Who's that? Rich Rodriguez. That, that would be Matt awesome. Coulter's thoughts only. Yeah, okay. and we're going to try to get Rich Rod on the show next week. He's, to... He is uh, hes not like most coaches. He's very overt. He makes fun of himself. Yep. He's funny. But, man, do you know that ja- he's at Jacksonville State now, yes. y'all. Do you know that they step the ball on offense every 10 seconds? Well, he's running, doing a good running, job there. Yeah, he is. He's doing a really I mean, good job. He's making a name for himself there. Uh, but, you know, I'd rather see him in the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, he runs a wide open offense. I think he, he made absolutely a mistake when he left. Turned down. Yeah, uh, turn down. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, yeah, he we won't talk about that. No, he he, he, he jokes about it. Uh, I've become friends with him over the last few years, and um, he jokes about how, hey, I'm the idiot that turned down Alabama, and I'm the guy who uh, gave sort of birth to the Alabama Nick Saban dynasty. Laura Lee is raising her brows. Is there a reason for that? Mm-hmm. Come tell us. Oh no, he was offered the job. <laughs> when was this? Uh, this was uh, right before Saban was offered really? the job. Mm. There was more to that story. <laughs> We're there, not gonna. You're go not there. gonna go into the the wife deal and all that because he says that's a bunch of bunk too. It is anyway. Uh, I've talked to his wife about it. I got a great idea. Let's take a break. In the meantime, y'all order up if you're here at Innisfree. I want you to come by and see us. And uh, grab a wrap. It's a chicken wrap that, that Lars always gets. I got to tell you, Laura Lee, last week you suggested the sausage and peppers. Uh-huh. It's one of the best I've ever had. I and, told you uh, it you know, was good. I think you got to kind of know what you're getting into when you get that. It's not real spicy. No. Not hot, but... Boy, tasty would be the one thing. But anyway, we're at Innisfree. We're right here on University as you get ready to go into downtown Tuscaloosa. Drop by and see us. We'll be here until 2. Of course, you can come by all weekend long as the broadcast from Innisfree, the Friday place to be. Birmingham Racecourse. Birminghamracecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. 
Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky this afternoon, Tuscaloosa size 68. Fair tonight, not as cold as recent nights, the low 41. The weekend looks good, lots of sunshine tomorrow and Sunday. The high tomorrow 72, the high Sunday in the mid-70s at 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. We've got our plate full as far as topics are concerned. Of course, you got Alabama LSU tomorrow night, 645 on CBS. But you got this story that just grows literally by the hour coming out of Michigan. That's a deep dive with Purdue. I'm going to let Lars jump into that in a minute. But I'll tell you what's been the buzz the last 24 hours on social media is a guy named Nathan Bargatsky. Is that it? Bargatze. Had you ever heard of this guy before today? Negative. Have you ever heard of this guy? Nope. He's the guest picker for ESPN. Yeah, at, I saw that. Alabama's I'm like, who is this guy? Now, I'll bet Peyton's heard of him. I'm not. Really? I was hoping y'all had like, what? to save me. Why did they choose him? He's he's from Nashville. He's I know, a comedian. I know. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, that's got nothing to do he's not with that. He's not a Bama guy? No. No. He's he a favorable like, guy. Mm, there are not many of those, if you like, football context. I mean, of all the people that could have been picked, I mean, mm. so, I don't know. But it's been the buzz. Have you been keeping up with this on social media? I mean, they are absolute. Bama fans are absolutely livid yes. over this selection. And I'm not so sure they shouldn't be. Who it's should a double be? negative. I'm sorry. It should be Sylvester Crone. I like that. that it, he touches all the bases, doesn't he? I think so. Plus, you know what really makes that a special selection? He was a member of yeah, the 1973 70, okay, then, National yeah, Championship. Yeah, which will be celebrated this weekend. Yeah. Right? The the 50-year uh, anniversary. I want to dive into that a little later. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at the roster and the coaching staff that Alabama had in 1973, yeah. will blow your mind at the success stories that have grown out of that national championship team. Of course, that national championship team from Alabama fans will always have just a little bit of a bitter taste to it because of what happened yes. New Year's Eve yes. when Notre Dame edged us out 24-23. I don't want to talk about that, Lawrence. No, but that's why I grew up hating Notre Dame. Yeah, I have never been very fond of them either. No. You know, they beat us like three years almost in a row. I, I just said I wasn't going to talk about it. Lars, I need you to update us on Ryan Waters finger-pointing from Purdue back at Harbaugh and company. Yeah, so Purdue is just the latest school to come out and say that uh, they have absolute uh, ironclad evidence that Michigan was scouting them uh, uh, last year uh, and that uh, Michigan staffers were in the stands. 
And uh, this story continues to be the top story, uh, not just in college football, but uh, in all of sports. Late Thursday afternoon, um, all of the athletic directors from the Big Ten, as well as the four incoming Pac-12 schools, their athletic directors, they had a virtual meeting with Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti, and uh, it lasted over 90 minutes. And uh, several sources have said that uh, this was a very heated call. And uh, the ADs were venting to the, the commissioner about what they see as a lack of a response to Michigan's alleged rule breaking. And obviously the rules were broken to give Michigan a competitive advantage over other Big Ten schools. Uh, the Big Ten commissioner is scheduled to be in Ann Arbor this weekend for uh, Big Ten field hockey. And so I believe he is going to speak directly to Michigan officials. So, uh, look, the, 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 Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner, is in a difficult spot. There's no question about it. But um, the overriding feeling among the ADs in the Big Ten is that the Big Ten absolutely has to do something. Just like the, you know, the, the soul of the conference is sort of uh, at stake here. And is, is the Big Ten going to do the right thing or the wrong thing? Um, and uh, the thing is, what should he do? Because uh, the ADs from the opposing Big Ten schools, they don't want to fine, right? And that would be more reminiscent of the NFL's discipline structure. Some ADs on the call on Thursday night uh, wanted to ban Michigan from the Big Ten championship game entirely. But that will prove to be difficult because Michigan could file a lawsuit, get an injunction, and it just get wrapped up in messy. court. Really messy. Yeah. Really messy. Um, and 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 so, what is going to happen? Uh, there is also uh, discussions about banning uh, the Michigan offensive coordinator, Michigan's defensive coordinator, and Jim Harbaugh for several games, perhaps even for the rest of the season. Uh, that is on the table right now. Um, but uh, the Big Ten commissioner is just really reluctant to um, to absolutely say, all right, Michigan, you're not eligible for the Big Ten championship game or the uh, college football playoff because why? Well, there's a couple of extra million dollars at stake, right, yep. uh, for uh, not just Michigan, but also for the other Big Ten schools. And so uh, the Big Ten doesn't want to, you know, the commissioner doesn't want to sort of shoot himself uh, uh, metaphorically in the foot by derailing a potential playoff bid by Michigan. Now, the easiest way for this to be resolved is for Penn State to beat Michigan or for Ohio State to beat Michigan and just take them out of the conversation for being in the college football playoffs. But if that doesn't happen, this is just going to get keep going and going and going. Um, there is a possibility that the college football playoff committee 
could intervene, but they have said so far that this is a NCA issue. They this is a Big Ten issue. Want want no yeah want no part of it. Um, but the thing is, for the Big Ten, the league has a uh, sportsmanship policy, and that gives the commissioner wide latitude to administer penalties and conduct his own investigation. And um, you know they'll sue anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's that is the, uh, the that's the issue here, Be, uh, the potential for legal action by Michigan if the school or Harbaugh but, uh, personally don't feel like they received due process, meaning a formal investigation from the conference before it is punished, right? And so, if Michigan is banned from the conference championship game, it can trigger a legal battle where Wolverines go to go to court to force the league to let them play should they win the east in the big 10 so uh and, and if you're if you're michigan if they do ban you from the conference championship game it makes sense to spend a hundred thousand dollars on attorney fees so you get a uh you get a court to delay 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 and we know we know how uh how fast the legal system works oh, right yes. and and so uh it's just a it's just a mess and like i said they, they I think what the ADs in the Big Ten are hoping is that Penn Michigan State, Penn State takes cares take it takes care of Michigan here on November 11th when they play, or Ohio State takes care of Michigan. I aired just a moment ago because I was supposed to get Pat on coming out of the break, so his topic may have changed or have been something we talked about earlier. But all of that aside, Pat, welcome to Big Noon Sports. Man, that's amazing. Let's talk a little bit about what you were talking about earlier. Uh, you know, you were talking about cold weather. Hey, but the same thing applies for them coming down in September uh, to play in the swamp where the humidity is 24-7. To play in Baton Rouge where they claim it's 100% 24-7 or to play in Tuscaloosa. I've seen schools come in and uh, run ice chests. I, I worked on a sideline, and I've seen them come in and put big giant ice chests and pump air through salted ice in order to chill it down in order to pump it under their shoulder pads. I, all kinds of crazy things trying because, hey, I can put on more clothes up in that cold. Hey, I understand about the ball being a little harder. You keep the ball warm. Hey, uh, you, you wear a hey, Under Armour now. I don't, I don't like Under Armour because it's an Auburn uh, affiliate. Uh, but hey, they have good cold weather, good cold weather stuff now. It makes a big difference. I mean, so hey, these guys can't come down here hey, and put up with the seat because they can only take off the hey, We always put on more clothes. And uh, but but a little bit, little bit about Harbaugh thing. Hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Right? You sound like a NASCAR crew chief. Exactly. Exactly. That is. You know, hey, I, I want to take this and push the envelope. Hey, and I mean, my goodness, that is. That gives you a chance to. I, 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 I do know this, that the key to this ballgame here is we got to keep it. We got to control Perkins, and we got we got to be able uh, to get uh, number 74 some help on the outside with another tight end, a, a running back, something. Because if Jalen cannot be able to go through his uh, 
if he can go through his um, uh, reads and if he can get to the third read, we'll be there with you like a yard dog. Do y'all not agree with that? Yep. Do indeed. Pat, appreciate your call very much. I hope you have. You going to the game tomorrow night? Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm cooking Trump to be Well, we're in a big, in a big bunch of got 10 pounds of Trump going in it. Y'all have a blessed day. Where does Pat live? Um, is, I'm going to make Peyton and Laura Lee the, um, commissioner of the Big Ten. Given the evidence that you have right now, Laura Lee, what would you do to Michigan, if anything? Well, I, I don't, I don't think you, uh, can do nothing. I, it seems like now, and I come from a family with a judge and attorneys, and we have to see all the evidence. But it appears that there is mounting evidence that they did do this. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, it gets worse and worse by the day. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and we, uh, we spent uh, about 20 minutes yesterday just breaking down one play against Ohio State last year where it was just so obvious that Michigan knew exactly what was coming. I saw the clip that you're talking about. The run yeah. right. Yes. 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 Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I would, if I'm, if I'm, I, I don't think that there's any, there's no precedent, I think, for like a mid-season sort of like uh, punishment that affects this very season for Michigan. I don't really, I don't, I don't know if I'd go that route. I think it's fascinating that Michigan pulled their extension with Harbaugh. I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah. Something that I did not but see coming. But Harbaugh, he, he doesn't agree with that. Yeah, I bet not. But, uh. Yeah, if I'm, I, I would continue to kick the can a little bit. I think, I mean, like you said, Lars, it gets worse every day. It seems like this thing grows every single day. Whereas two weeks ago, I was kind of thinking it was just going to be like probation or something like that, but it's just getting worse and worse. So I think it kind of quantifies a off-season sort of um, investigation, one that's going to be really, really hard to conduct in season as weeks go. You know, weeks go by, we get closer to the postseason. Like if you're going to, you know, institute a postseason ban like after 11 weeks, like that's that feels kind of ridiculous. So I would continue to kick the hand. I would probably have a disciplinary issue um, investigation this offseason and have it affect next season. Mm, I don't know. I mean, you have to think about the fact if this was a player, they would pull the player. True. So if you're looking at... I think it's a lot easier, I though. I mean, Harbaugh's the CEO, yeah. right? I mean, it, it, you have to look at it as... Whether you prove that he knew or not, he's still the CEO of this team, and I I think you have to look at the coaches. Yeah, but you're so you're so on the fly. It's you know, it's interesting. Yeah. No. Um. Going to the break. Everybody answer quickly. Do you believe Jim Har Harbaugh did not know? No, I don't believe that for once. Lars, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Well, no. I'd say the CEO. No, I don't believe it. He is Michigan. So. Yes. Yeah. There's video of. Stallions talking to Harbaugh on the sideline, and Harbaugh 
relaying the information very quickly onto the field. Those pictures of stallions on the sidelines of other of Central yeah. Michigan, all that, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like un- that. It, is, unbelievable. it is the craziest story. Yeah, it is. And we're going to get Commissioner Mick Gillespie to throw in his two cents worth on the other side of this break. Come by and see us. It's Alabama LSU weekend, but for a Friday afternoon, come drink a beer. The patio's nice. It's not too cold for me, but you can always come inside because there are two huge, wonderful dining rooms. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. The Mick is next. Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lee at thebamabroker.com. That's lee at thebamabroker.com. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. With Matt, mouthful of fried pickles. My bad. Eat at the beginning of the break, Matt, not at the end of it. All right. We are live from Innistry, and our guest now is Mick Gillespie, who is parts unknown. You might be in Tuscaloosa. Are you here, Mick? On the way. You're going to be in... Uh, you gonna come by in as free, or are you uh, you gonna are you running that early? Uh, well, we're doing my show there, so you guys are you guys when you guys leave, I'll slide in there for tonight. Um, but yeah, maybe I hopefully I'll be able to get over there before you guys roll out. Mick, your uh, just uh, your big picture thoughts on uh, LSU Alabama tomorrow night? Well, I think LSU is a good football team with a lot of confidence. You know, they have a, the best offense in the country. And um, 
they beat Alabama last year. And it, it felt like it was a little bit of a fluky win to me, but I, I think they're well coached with Brian Kelly. And, um, you know, offensively, they've been fantastic. But on defense, they got a lot of guys out in their secondary. You know, Wingo's not going to be there. They've given up a ton of yards and, and points to good offenses. And I think Alabama has an opportunity to be successful uh, on the offensive side of the football. And uh, and I'm, if I'm Alabama, I mean, this game's got my attention, but I, I, it never doesn't. So I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, um, so LSU, I think defensively is where my attention turns, even though, as it should be, the offense, Al- Alabama's defense versus LSU's high-powered offense should be the main story. But when you turn to the other side of the ball, um, you think about the injuries and all of the stuff that limits LSU, as well as their performance is not very strong so far. But do you think that Alabama has the explosiveness to take over and kind of, ex- you know, exploit that whole advantage and take advantage and score, you know, 40 points in a game like this. Yeah, I mean, I I do. I mean, they're going to have to play a a full game like they played the second half against Tennessee. You know, you want to establish the run, uh, obviously, with Jalen Milrow at quarterback. But I think Milrow is going to be as healthy as he's been in a long time. You know, I, I, I never have not believed that something happened leading up to that Texas A&M game. And then all of a sudden, he was like a pocket passer. And then against Tennessee, we saw him running the ball. He didn't have the explosiveness, but he, he was running the ball again. I think he's going to have that explosive running ability to go along with the fact that the guy had to be a pocket passer and, and, and do it that way. Um, the deep ball has been there for him all year. And uh, to beat LSU that has a good defensive line, Alabama's going to have to run the ball. Just, just to be able to keep the pressure off of, of Milrow. But uh, Alabama's offense, uh, when they, when, you know, when they click, they've been really good. And then, you know, when they haven't, you know, they haven't looked great. And, and the, the crazy thing is trying to figure out what Alabama we're going to get. Are we going to get the first half against Tennessee? Or the second half against Tennessee? The first half against Arkansas? The second half against Arkansas? But I do feel like this team has gotten progressively better all year. The adjustments that they've made in the second half. I feel like Tommy Reese has been really good at taking advantage of the, uh, you know, the strengths of these guys when it comes to running the football and drawing up game plans. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, Nye Black wasn't someone that we saw, uh, productive in this game. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm looking for a Jermaine Burton type game. Uh, against secondary. And the other thing too is, is we, you talk about having all those guys out in the secondary of affecting the pass game. I think where it's going to really hurt LSU is trying to make tackles in the open field. And so we'll see if that's the case, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Milroy doesn't break out a couple of really long runs in this game. Yeah, I think it does come down to, um, what you were saying which team are we going to see and it seems like to me that that boils down to is uh, our offensive coordinator going to open up the playbook like he started to do against UT that was completely different second half that he called is he going to step up what are your thoughts well, I mean, I think part of that's what the guys are capable of doing, too. You know, Jalen Milrow, I mean, he, he kind of had to, um, 
you know, to, to, to cause plays that he's able, uh, capable of, of performing. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's had trouble uh, picking up, you know, certain defenses and, and maybe holding on to the football too long at times. The offensive line is getting better, but, it, it, you know, it, let's talk at the beginning of the year, they were terrible, you know, so they're starting to block a little bit more. And so when you get when you get all of those things figured out, it makes it a lot easier to call, you know, more creative plays. Uh, but it, it, it felt like at the beginning of the season, uh, as much as Tommy Reese was trying to figure out his personnel and this new team, that, that Alabama had limitations based on the performance uh, and the, and really in the, in the in the lack of uh, of, of being able to uh, well discipline and um, you know and the block. So I, I feel like we could see things open up a lot more just because they're getting better. Mick Gillespie is our guest as we broadcast live from Ennis Free. He'll be here later, so come join him. Just come down, park it for about 10 hours. I've been known to do that. Um, Mick, you mentioned playing of Milrow and, and when he runs and when he was passing more, and it just made me go all the way back to South Florida. What happened? What was the situation with the quarterbacks there? Was Milrow hurt? Um, was he being punished some way? Mick Gillespie knows, and now we want you to tell us. Yo, Mick. I sound like Rocky. Mick. Cut me, Mick. <laughs> Obviously, we, we lost his speed. But uh, do you know, do you guys know what? I mean, I know I'm going retro on you. But they didn't play him at all. They only they started Buckner and then went with Simpson. I truly think it was saving testing Milrow as a leader. I think so. What he said was like he didn't get what he wanted to get out of Milrow that practice before. He didn't think he responded like as a leader should. And then so that kind of I think opened Milrow's eyes a little bit. You saw the end of the game. He was like celebrating with the back of quarterbacks. Yeah. Like that's great to see. Um, I think that was kind of the growth and development of Jalen Milrow as a leader because this locker room loves him so much. But it's up to him to take advantage of that and become the leader presence for them. So I think Nick Saban was challenging him a little bit. I also think Nick Saban promised uh, the two guys that he would give them a chance to play. It's, it's as simple as that. And then his decision was pretty simple, wasn't it? Yeah. As to start the rest of the yeah, year. I mean, he also probably showed, wanted to show the country what he had behind Milro. Like, it's, you know... And I, and I, think, like he, I think he wanted to show the rest of the... the he wanted to show his team yeah. Yeah. what was behind yeah, him. That might have been the yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's almost like Jalen Milro won the team over by standing right, on the yeah. sideline. As, you know, Nick always talks about uh, in a quarterback battle, uh, it will play itself out because one guy will eventually win over the team. And this year, you know, and it's been such a weird year, but I think Jalen won the team over by standing on the sideline because everybody else saw what was behind him, and they're like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask Mick more about this. Mick, at one time in the season, did you sense that maybe there was a little bit of turmoil in the locker room with the other teammates other than quarterbacks? Well, I mean, it would surprise me. I mean, that that's... We kind of had the feeling, you know, and then and then Josh Pate had that tweet, you know, or comment where he said that, you know, he didn't feel like in that game uh, against South Florida maybe the guys were blocking uh, as well. 
playing, performing as well as the other quarterbacks. But uh, it, it's hard to say. You know what? Saban did a great job, though, of getting it figured out because you can tell that these guys are playing uh, as a cohesive unit now. And um, and I, I don't. What I heard was this: is that Dale Milrow has put time in to be the starting quarterback for a long time. That that he's been the guy that's been in the locker room long before and long after. And uh, and from what my sources tell me, you know the performance. I mean, you know, obviously we wanted to kind of match what we've seen at, at, at quarterback at Alabama. This guy's only a sophomore, but that the other guys on the team saw him put the work in and believe in him. So, you know, it it was good for us to see the other players. So I'll tell you that <laughs> it, 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 it made us believers. Hey, we're going to continue with Mick Gillespie on the other side of the break. But as we go to break, Mick, tell everybody where you're going to be this weekend and where they can dial you up on your multimedia platforms. Yeah, please uh, come hang out at uh, Bama Tailgate on YouTube. That's my YouTube channel. I'll be there uh, after the game. We'll also have the pregame show, obviously, when you guys roll out from Innisfree like we do when the team's at home. And then for Bama when we're on the road. But we do content every day. We talk Alabama football. Cool. Mick, hang on. We got more questions to throw at you on the other side of this break. Hey, by the way, speaking of places to be, it's Innisfree on Friday. Come by, have some lunch and cold beer or a libation of your selection as we broadcast until 2 o'clock. Of course, they're going to be open most of the day and end of the night and end of the morning. So you can drop by here anytime. But especially right now, Innisfree, Big Noon Sports. Weekday mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. Join us on Monday as we bring Kennington Smith III into the conversation. We'll talk good, bad, ugly as we review the Alabama versus LSU game. We'll look at the turning point in the game. We'll also preview Kentucky as Alabama hits the road heading to Lexington next Saturday. That's the Martin Houston Show powered by Max Sports. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker 
who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky this afternoon, Tuscaloosa size 68. Fair tonight, not as cold as recent nights, below 41. The weekend looks good. Lots of sunshine tomorrow and Sunday. The high tomorrow 72. The high Sunday in the mid-70s at 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Welcome back into Big Noon Sports. Um, seems we had some technical issues there. Mick, are you still here? Yeah. Awesome. Still here. You got me? Yes, sir. I got you. We, we of course, have the guys at Ennis Free um, for Fridays at the Free. So, first time we've had this issue, but, of course, we're you know, it's radio. We're, we're used to everything rolling with the punches here. Um, I, I'll just continue and, and keep talking to you. So, LSU Alabama is coming up this weekend. Uh, we've talked about the offense. We talked about the defense. Um, how big of an impact is it that, um, the defensive lineman for LSU, Wingo, is going to be out? And how, is that going to be a game changer? Is that really going to, I know Harold Perkins is still going to be rushing the passer and we definitely need to worry about him. But with Wingo out, how much of an impact on the game is that? I mean, I think it's a, a big impact because these two teams are pretty evenly matched. I think Alabama's defense is head and shoulders better than LSU. And um, but when you you add the guys in the secondary and Wingo, you know they get a lot better. I mean, that was a unit that I think Brian Kelly expected to be a, a lot better than they have been this year. They get, you know, giving up what fifty some points against Ole Miss and you know, 40-some to Florida State in those losses. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely an impact. But that's kind of part of the game. I mean, you know, think about it. Alabama's had to play without Malachi Moore this year at times, and Deontay Lawson was out. And so you you got to have that next man, man up mentality. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think it does impact the game. I don't know that it's going to be the difference in the game. LSU's going to want to turn it into a track meet. And, and, and hope that they can slow Alabama down enough or maybe Alabama makes some mistakes and, and they get some turnovers and get the ball back and score. Uh, I, I would also expect LSU to, to roll the dice 
on fourth down a little bit in this football game, which is, you know, was something that Alabama's done a nice job of defending this year. But not having um, Wingo is definitely a factor in this game. And if LSU loses and it's because they can't stop Alabama, maybe they don't have the pass rush, they're not making the tackles they normally do, you could look to that as being a big factor. And, of course, like, this game this weekend has huge playoff implications, as many are just calling it straight out a playoff game already, which it basically is. It's deciding the West. I'm assuming one of these teams will, if they win, will go to the SEC championship and most likely have the chance to play Georgia, although, although Georgia has a tough stretch coming up. Something that interested me in the uh, the college football playoff rankings that came out this past Tuesday – I think I think they got it about right. I think Ohio State deserved one with their wins at, at Penn State and Notre Dame. I was a little confused by Oregon. Oregon had that win against Washington, or, or sorry, that loss at Washington. Um, but they've played great. They dominated Utah this past week. As much as the committee was valuing ranked wins and, and toughness of games. It didn't seem like Oregon fit in there for me. Is there a reason people are so high on Oregon? I know Bo Nix is playing um, very well, possible Heisman finalists as well. Well, they've played a tough schedule. I mean, they went on the road and won at Texas Tech. The loss to Washington, you know, it wasn't a game where where they got blown out. Um, It came down to a couple of plays on the road against a team that's one of the best in the country, number five, and they barely lost. You know, they lost by three. But I think sometimes you look at those games and, um, and, and look, comparing it to Alabama last year, they didn't get that same benefit of the doubt when they lost, you know, on the last play to Tennessee and LSU. But I think that there's, there's definitely a push to have one of these Pac-12 teams make the college football playoff. They haven't been there for a while. Uh, Oregon is, uh, coached by Dan Lanning. He's, he's good. You know, the way that they destroyed Colorado, you know, which I guess wasn't that big of a win now, but then taking apart Utah, to me, was a, a really important win for them because, you know, this is a team that a couple of years ago beat them twice and, and won the league. So um, I just feel like the committee thinks that Oregon, even though they lost the football game, is still – I think they think they're still one of the best four teams. I mean, you can't do that because, you know, of the loss to Washington. And by putting them up that high, that's what they're telling you. I think you're right. I think that's just me being a, a salty Alabama fan <laughs> from last year. And, and I'm like, well, we have Alabama's got ranked wins. We should be higher. We should be higher. Um, on the Pac-12 conference, is there really a, a chance here where the call in the top four for the playoff will see a Pac-12 team as well as Alabama? Cause I feel like right now the narrative is, if Alabama wins out, you know, we, we still might not get there. and We need some of these one-loss teams and undefeated teams to lose. But I think a lot of this conversation is hedged on Washington. If they win out, there's a high ch- higher chance, of course, that Alabama doesn't get in. Do you think we could see a Pac-12 team and a one-loss Alabama in the playoff? Well, I mean, yeah, if, if the Big 12 loses some games, you know, I mean, and you already got the, the loss from Texas and you already got the loss from Oklahoma, you know, so just say Oklahoma beats Texas and Alabama, um, uh, excuse me, and Alabama beats Georgia. You know, then I think Alabama would get in over, over Oklahoma. That's saying that Florida state wins out and they make it. Um, and then, you know, you're going to get either Michigan or Ohio state. And then one of the PAC 12, you know, PAC 12 teams, if 
they continue to win. Uh, the SEC is not the SEC of last year, this year. You know, there's just not as many good teams. And I think that's hurting uh, Alabama and their chances right now. But a lot can change, you know, week to week. So um, I, there is definitely an opportunity for Alabama to get in if the Pac-12 gets in. But I don't – you're not going to be able to have them and the, the Big 12 in uh, because I'm guaranteeing that the Big Ten's going to have a team because of the two teams that they have and, and, again, how all their teams are ranked in the top 25. And then an undefeated um, Florida State who beat up on LSU. So I, it, 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 they just got to keep on winning. And then the other part of it is that you, you, if you're Alabama, you got to take this game seriously. Then you got to take the Kentucky game seriously. Then you got to go down and win at Auburn. So there, nothing's guaranteed. And until Alabama really establishes consistency, uh, I don't even know that we can look ahead that far. I mean, it's, it feels like it's a week-to-week thing with this with this with this team but you know at the same time they continue to figure out a way to win and hopefully that will manifest itself tomorrow against lsu there's uh two more games i want to get your take on here um south carolina and jacksonville state rich rodriguez at jacksonville state has had a great season his first year in the american conference although he's not eligible for a bowl or the championship game, uh, they're going to face some real competition for, I think, the first time this season at South Carolina with Shane Beamer. This South Carolina team obviously has not lived up to the expectation. They've been dealing with injuries and uh, poor O-line play as well on top of those injuries. Is is there a chance for an upset coming up this weekend? I, it's going to be a tough game, but maybe we see South Carolina continue to struggle. Well, I mean, South Carolina uh, had a lot of guys transfer out. And remember how hot they got at the end of last year. You know, they beat Tennessee and then Clemson, and then they lost to Tommy Reese and Notre Dame and, and one of the best bowl games of the year. Um, but they're, kind of, they're, they're a team I'm never really sure what to expect from them. They, they play hard, though. You know, and, and I got to give Shane Beamer credit for that because his team's fight. You know, so I, I'm not really sure what the outcome – it's going to be in that football game. But I, I do know that South Carolina is going to go in there and, and give you max effort. And and lastly, Mick, I, I just want to know what your take on this Missouri-Georgia game is. Other than Alabama-LSU, it's probably the biggest game uh, of this weekend. And we might see, you know, Georgia's still no Brock Bowers, but they stood their ground against Florida. What do you think about Missouri headed into, uh, into Athens? Yeah, and this is one I've thought a lot about. Um, you know, because Missouri all of a sudden is ranked. You know, and they're ranked highly. And then the only loss they have was a, you know, shootout loss to LSU. But I think they're going to get exposed. And I know they played Georgia uh, really tight last year, had a chance at the upset. This one's going to be in Athens. And, and maybe it benefits Georgia not to have Brock Bowers, where the rest of the team has to step up. And they're going to, they're going to be overwhelmed by Georgia's defense. Uh, they're not going to be able to stop Georgia's run game. And I just think it's going to be one of those where the glass slipper breaks for Missouri and Georgia just hammers them. I, 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 when I saw the line was 15 and a half, I, I think that Georgia could double that line. Maybe I'm crazy, but I don't think it's even going to be close. I don't think that's too wild of a take as much as I'd like to see Missouri go in there and at least play them close, but – 
Kirby Smart uh, has just uh, got it rolling. Well, well, Mick, we appreciate your time on Big Noon. Apologize for the technical issues there. Uh, just remind the listeners again where they can find you at. Yeah, two things. Uh, first off, uh, Jake Coker and sometimes Ryan Anderson from the 2015 National Championship team and I get together twice a week, Roll Tide Pods. It's called Elephant in the Room. We talk Alabama football and a bunch of other stuff. Normally our podcasts are an hour or longer. We, just, we can't shut up. We have such a fun time hanging out. That's on YouTube. And then uh, my YouTube channel is um, Bama Tailgate. Uh, Bama Tailgate on YouTube. We, we got our pregame show post game for every Alabama football game and then we cover the team uh, every day with content and uh, give you a lot of opportunities to jump in and talk about Alabama football so uh, roll time everybody awesome thanks so much Mick really appreciate it thank you Awesome. So we're, we're going to continue to the second hour of Big Noon Sports here. We apologize for those technical issues. But when we come back, we should have Matt, Lars, Laura Lee, uh, and Peyton. Everybody should be back, and I'll get back behind the board here. But uh, stay tuned. You're listening to Big Noon Sports on Tide 100.9, West Alabama's only sports talk station, which can now be heard on 1230 AM WTBC. Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. 
WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and screening on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Isaac Lowenkron. Cleveland Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski announced that Deshaun Watson will start at quarterback Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Watson's dealing with a strained right rotator cuff. Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon said he has not decided yet whether Kyler Murray or Clayton Toon will start at quarterback Sunday against the Browns. The Washington Commanders ruled out receiver Curtis Samuel for Sunday's game at New England because of a toe injury. The Miami Dolphins ruled out right guard Robert Hunt for Sunday's game against the Chiefs in Germany because of a hamstring injury. Left tackle Teron Armstead, center Connor Williams, and cornerback Xavier Howard are all listed as questionable. The Atlanta Falcons ruled out receiver Drake London for Sunday's game at Minnesota due to a groin injury. Baseball, the athletic reports that the Los Angeles Dodgers have declined right-handed pitcher Lance Lynn's $18 million club option for the 2024 season. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. All right, come on in and order up. Fried pickles are gone, almost. In the meantime, what will you order today? We're, by the way, maybe I should explain. Just dialing in. We're at Innisfree, the Friday place to be. We'll be here for another hour. Of course, you can come here all weekend long. But you're a chicken wrap guy? Chicken Caesar salad wrap. If uh, you've ever wanted something different, an Irish pub should be able to serve you up a really nice shepherd's pie. I, I love, took it home I love last some week. shepherd's pie, yes. It's really good. Anyway, uh, our whole point here is to come by and see us. Now, at the very beginning of the show, Lars brought up the fact, and I'm going to go a real quick run through here. His son was playing last night. It was really, really cold. He saw it affect his son. So then we got going back and forth how much of the weather being real, real cold or real, real hot affects a team from another region. That being said, I want to know what the coldest Alabama game you've ever attended. Laura Lee, give, give me your three real quick. Well, I told you the Liberty Bowl, which was Bear Bryant's last game against Illinois. 82. Then you had the first SEC championship mm-hmm. in Birmingham against Florida. And then you had the Music City Bowl where Michael Vick beat the stuffing out of us, and it was raining. And, you know, talk about leave a game early, which is sacrilege. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I'm not going to tell. I mean, we're not telling. It's only I thousands mean, I, of people. I listening. can count the number of games I've left early on one hand in my entire life. Good we don't do that. Oh, as, you should. Just, as you should. We don't well, in yeah. football, basketball, gymnastics. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We don't leave early. I don't I recall that it was a very uninspired Alabama team. At least yeah. they played like it. Peyton, what's the coldest Alabama game you've ever attended? Well, I mean, being, you know, only a junior here, I think the one that I remember the most is the freshman year when I was in the Upper Bowl against LSU, and it was, um, it was Max Johnson uh, that kind of, 
turnover LSU team and uh, Alabama struggled that day. We were like, we're going to leave early when this starts to get out of hand, but then LSU made it uh, Hail Mary. 65 degrees that day? Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing is that night it was like 50, maybe. So like, And the wind? Oh, that's not very was interesting. Wind, yeah, it's a little, it's an upper bowl. A little wind. Hey, all right, well, like I, you said, you're a genius. Yeah, you well, you know, I'm used history. to the swampy, you know, Louisiana environment. Alright, I'm going to use uh, some uh, uh, logistics or logical gymnastics here uh, using anecdotes to support my argument that warm weather teams do not play well in cold weather environments 1982 AFC championship game coldest game in NFL history Bengals Chargers imagine it involved since the, the wind chill was minus 58 degrees no. minus 58 guess who won that game Cincinnati cold weather team 27-7 Chargers the never Chargers had, had a offense. chance never yeah, had no a chance no way and one of the uh, colder games in college football history Matt you may have covered this one the 1962 <laughs> Gotham Bowl I remember in New Gotham York Bowl. City Nebraska against Miami the weather 14 degrees and icy who won that game Cold weather school, Nebraska, 36-34. Don't you think for everyone you're naming, you can find another one that goes the other way? Well, he had to speak in Nebraska somehow. Yeah, Just, obviously. Anyway. That's why I said I'm, I'm using some lo- logic. Nebraska, you know, the Bengals. Gymnastic logic, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, but the, me personally, the coldest game I ever attended was probably last week in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, I was uh, frozen, and I'm still cold. How about you? Coldest Alabama game you've ever attended, this, Matt? This one will surprise everyone. First of all, I want to know the listeners, Big Noon Sports, I want them to call in yes. their coldest memory at a football game. So that number is 205-342-9904. Call us or visit us at Free. This is going to be weird. I don't even know if you were there. Did you, did you go to most all the bowl games? Oh, yeah. Sun Bowl 83. Did you go to that in El Paso? Yes. Um, we played SMU. Yeah. SMU was mad at the world because they didn't get to a major bowl. And they came in there, and Alabama whipped their... Mm-hmm. I mean, the, that was Pony Express. I mean, that was yeah. big-time Mustangs football. But the day before, it was 65 degrees. The day we woke up and went to the game, it was 25 degrees, and the wind was... Do you remember? And the wind would just cut right through you. It's the only game I've ever covered where my longtime best videographer in the history of the world, David Morris, didn't shoot the game. You want to hear a funny story? Yes, we love you, funny stories. It's you not know, we about... went three times to El Paso in the 80s. It, it, well, it, it just reminded me it's not, uh, it's about a bowl game when I was growing up. And uh, we were in, we were playing in the Cotton Bowl. And um, it, 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 it was one of those things where back in that day, uh, you could, well, when you stayed in the hotel with, with the players and whatnot, and, you know, you would see them. And now you don't see them as much, but we were riding the elevator 
and one of my favorite players, I, I wanted to know where he was. We were riding up the elevator with Peter Kim, and he told us what room he was in back oh, no. in the day where you could actually go knock on the door. So anyway, you know, here I am, a little girl, and I go in and knock on on the door, and uh, it anyway, it, it, and, and there were four players in there, and I was like, oh, I didn't care about any of them, but my my number one player. You, your number one player yeah. was the place <laughs> No, no, no. He told us where where it was. So anyway, oh. it, it was just I have like memories of. Being young and going to all these different games from remembering it was cold at the Liberty Bowl and my dad went to get us hot chocolate and it was stone cold by the time he brought it back. And, you know, just the different um, things that you do growing up. All right, so my three Alabama experts here. Has Alabama ever played in the snow? Nebraska plays in the snow like four times a year. Bless their hearts. I, um, I don't know. Oh, and you know I'm what? I'm sure they have. 1964 Sugar Bowl game, which Alabama beat Ole Miss 12-7. to Where was that? That was in the was Big in Easy. The in the Big Easy. What yeah. Joe about? Willie was I'm benched. We don't, get many, we don't get many snow Steve days. Steve Sloan came yeah. in. And, uh, the Tim, Sugar Bowl? Tim Davis hit four field goals at old Tulane Stadium. I was going to say, it's got yeah. a dome. No, 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 they, they played it. They, they played it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they played then. the Superdome for yeah. I think the 2010s. It's a bad yeah. field. Oh yeah, that's where the Saints nice played now. for a while. Yeah, Yolman and two, a two lanes field. Nice. Yeah. It's very nice now. I've, I've been there. Yeah, it's um, cool. Or at least I was here about 10, 15 years ago. So is it no? I think newer it's, than it's that? newer than that. I believe okay. South okay. Claiborne, just right off South Claiborne Avenue. That's uh, across from Newman, Isidore Newman School. That's the same field where. Oh, the longest field goal in the history of the NFL. Tom Dempsey. Tom Dempsey. Tom Dempsey. Yep. Kick Half a foot. 63. Half a foot. Yeah. Yep. I think that, that record subsequently been broken. But Matt Prater, but it was in the mile high. It was in Denver. Yeah, it was at down. altitude. Yeah, altitude. Yeah. Nothing counts. Anymore. Actually, Justin Tucker might have broken it when they, anyway, yeah. the game winner last year. I don't know. Kerry uh, Clark, uh, one of our friends and colleagues at Tide 100.9 and WTBC 1230, has a cold weather story. Let's get let's get his thoughts. Kerry, how are you? Hello, Kerry. Hi. Well, I never did say who my favorite player was. No, I think I got all caught up in Peter Kim. So, I've... no, Peter Kim told me it was Jeremiah Castile. Oh, He's it was Jeremiah, and we went and knocked on his door, and I got a picture with him, and th- there were three other football players in there, and they were like getting up, and I basically said, "No, I care about him." Oh. And I still have that picture. And I run into Jeremiah and I remind him of that. You know, uh, 
Yeah. He's a lot of people's favorite player. Not only was he an All-American and had a good career in the NFL, he's one of the finest people I've ever yes. met in my life. You met his sons, too? Oh, you know, yes. They played at Alabama? Well, I ran into Jeremiah at the 2020 uh, uh, National Championship down in South Beach. He was staying at our hotel. Even even when he played, he was just a very soft-spoken, faith-driven man. Still but he is. could also play. All right. Anybody else that has a cold memory, give us a call at 205-342-9904. As I think you can hear, getting a few people here at NS Free, but we got a table for you. You can even sit outside if you, if you so desire. This is Big News Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky this afternoon, Tuscaloosa size 68. Fair tonight, not as cold as recent nights, below 41. The weekend looks good. Lots of sunshine tomorrow and Sunday. The high tomorrow 72. The high Sunday in the mid-70s at 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. It is indeed Big Noon Sports. Joining us uh, right here at our mobile studio. Uh, that's Innisfree, downtown Tuscaloosa. Robbie Glenn, how you been? I'm doing great. Awesome. I am. Are you up on the topic where we are right now? Coldest Alabama game you've ever been to? Can you give me a quick answer on that? 
Yeah, I played in some cold ones, but I don't know about, let's see, coldest one I've ever been to. No, I mean, it, it would be at New Orleans, but that was inside, so. Okay. It was cold outside on Bourbon Street, but that wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, but you can always find ways to warm up. On coldest Bourbon. one I played in, though, was our first SEC was Kentucky. First SEC of the way, they had to pull the snow off the tarp oh, for us to play. And I was playing first base, and we had... Mick Kearns, Wanda Braun, and Jerry Shelton all had some arms. And they bring it over to first. Handful of bees. Oh, man. It, and, the, and Kentucky at that time had three first-round pitchers. You you catch one of their 95, 94 on the end of the bat or on the hands. Yeah. I was going to say, you ever get jammed in something like yeah, that? Yeah, I got jammed. Wow. You know, we... I was fortunate. I had a good hitting streak going, so I had a 22-game hitting streak. So I, I hit in every game safely, but I was very glad when I did get out and go in into the dugout a little bit. We had the Alabama football jackets and gloves that they used. Oh, yeah, we had them. It, it, it was cold. Let's take a call with some cold weather stories concerning Alabama football. Let's go to Sally first. Sally, you're on Big News Sports. Hello, Sally. All right. Go for two. So, not having a good day rolling the bones. All right, Carrie. I know Carrie's there. Carrie, cold weather moment in Alabama football time, history. Brother. Well, and you may have been there too, Matt, but it was that 1982 Liberty Bowl, Coach Bryant's last game, played in Memphis. And uh, the reason it was so cold is that we couldn't get in the press box because it was full of print journalists. So they put the broadcasters on the sideline and... I didn't know after about halftime that I even had feet. It was freezing. And we were just thankful when the game was over, although we certainly didn't want Coach Bryant's ear to end too soon. Fortunately, it ended on a win. But that and one high school game in Realtown, Alabama, the two coldest uh, sporting events I've ever covered. That's the the Liberty Bowl is the game that Coach Bryant wore like a huge Alaskan coat with a fur all the way around his head. You remember that? Cause uh, yeah, uh, yeah. What Daniel Daniel Moore did a print of it, and yeah. I have it. Yeah, he did. Look like an SQ. He did. There was no house too pat that night. It was too cold for it. He covered his ears <laughs> up wisely. Yeah. Do you remember now? We've been a lot younger. Do you remember when Alabama beat UCLA's tail in Memphis? And I think it was 76. It was yeah, really Mary cold Krause up there. I wasn't it. there, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and didn't Richard Todd throw, catch a touchdown? Something like that. I, I believe he did. Yeah. Uh, hey, Kerry, I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for yes, the call. Sir. All right. Roland is on the phone as he joins us, Big Moon Sports, live from Ministry. Roland, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, listen, I've got a couple of million dollar band, uh, games. I was in the million dollar band ages ago. Uh, but one of them, the first one was when we beat Arkansas at, in the, uh, uh, Sugar Bowl. Uh, we, the Push Bryant, then were hanging on trying to get a Rose Bowl bid at the time. They were still in negotiations for that. Ended up a little. End up the band didn't have place hotel rooms were gone, so they had to put the guys staying at Algiers Naval Station, uh, and we'd have to go to that, and the girls stayed at the uh, 
uh, WCBA in New Orleans, and it was cold as all get out for that game. The other one would be the one that we're talking about with snow down there. It snowed, started when we left Tuscaloosa, it started snowing, and uh, it was so deep down that if we went to practice the next day, there was like four to six, probably six inches of snow on the ground, and we had to kick the snow off the yard lines for the band to practice before the game. Uh, and then when we got to our seats, uh, there was snow all over the seats at the old uh, Sugar Bowl Stadium, and uh, that was pretty cold. Yeah, especially for that part of the country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Roland, great call. Call us again. What's, what's, right. that? what's your final comment? That was it. Uh, no, just tell me real quick. How's Alabama going no, to do Saturday that night? No, I said that was it. Just saying about those two games uh, were really cold when I was there. All right. Hey, Roland. Thanks. Hey, Roland. You and the Million Dollar Band, man, y'all were awesome. Yeah, I I'll tell you what, that too. Y'all worked harder than we ever did on any, any practice days. Y'all were amazing. My daughter was in the band at Troy. And I was one of those guys at halftime. I went downstairs, found a way to get back to the car, whatever, unless I was working. <laughs> but um, I never knew how hard they worked. Oh, they worked. Until my mean, daughter was doing. There was many times we left the practice field, you know, raining, cold, whatever, couldn't finish, and look out, and they're out there just still going to town, just working. A million dollars. Million dollar band. They were you know there. How they got the nickname. Do y'all know? Remember hearing it a while ago, and I cannot recall it right now. <laughs> Oh, uh, Alabama was bad football team. And one of the writers out of Birmingham said, man, the team did not play very well. But the band looked like a million dollars. It's pretty simple, yep, but simple. very understandable. Right. That was a long time ago, then. If you have a cold weather story, you're right. Everything's long ago in my book. <laughs> All right. Um, give us a call, 205 342-9904. I got to get your take real quick because you and I are both on the same page when it comes to baseball. Yeah. Did you watch a lot of this World Series? I did. You know, I watched the first game, which was probably the best, you know, of, of all the series. Indeed. And then it kind of lost my interest uh, a little bit here and there because it, it really wasn't close. And it's not two of my favorite teams, but I was still trying to watch and I wanted to see a competitive. And like you said yesterday, uh, Wednesday, I wanted to go to game seven. And it yeah. just wasn't going to happen. I mean, you could tell just Texas was hot, and they were going to take it. And uh, so we didn't get that big game that I wanted to see. But, yeah, I mean, it's good for them, first first championship. But. Unless it's a team I'm pulling for, I want every series. Stanley Cup, baseball, basketball. I want them to go to game seven. Game seven. Yeah, I want absolutely. every game to be close. You know, I, I've often heard and I've watched them, but I've never been to one. But I've heard that Game 7 for the Stanley Cup is the biggest and the highest. And the, well, everything's the so compelling. close, you yeah. know? Everything's so close. The ice, I'm sure it gets raucous. Fast. Yeah, it's fast. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends if you're a hockey fan, I guess. But Game 7, baseball, basketball. It's the best two words in all national, sports, what they say. Football game national seven. championship. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you've been to them, that's the best game you've ever been to. So, right. you know. Uh, it depends on what what you what you're for. It's a great environment in here. Well, we All know right. tomorrow night's not going to be cold. Not All for right. this game. Give me your well, take on it, Robbie Glenn. 
hot comparatively. Well, I mean, it's going to be, it'll be cool. What, it'll be 50? Cool. Come on. That, that's, <laughs> that's football weather. I know I heard y'all talking about the negative 28 and all that, but yeah, that, that's not going to happen tomorrow. Um, I still think, I mean, you're going to have five stars on the field everywhere. But it's it's Bama. It's home. You know, I know we talk about this every Friday here. Every game so big that Bama, Texas came in, which that was at the beginning of the year. We didn't play our best. We're playing good ball now. We're getting better every – this is going to be – the crowd is going to set the tone. And I just think we're faster, better than LSU. And we also got a better coach. I'm sorry. I like Kelly, but he is one for two against Saban. Saban will adjust, not lose two years in a row. You know, when you talk about Brian Kelly, and I realize his value as a coach. He turned things around at LSU a lot faster than I thought he would. Now where he is, I, I pretty much anticipated that to be his ladder climbing up. But And I know I'm being very superficial, but I can never rip my brain of that thought of him dancing around with a tight end. Yeah, man. Does that not pop into your brain? No, probably not you. Yeah. No, really. You know what I'm talking about? He's doing this like he's doing all the or something. Yeah. Not okay. Yeah, I'm not okay. <laughs> but no. I'm not a huge. He's a good coach, but I'm not a huge fan. Um, maybe it's the Notre Dame thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But. And I think I'm laying my, a lot on yeah. that too, because I remember how the hype was, and we just went in and manhandled them. Oh yeah. Now and Notre Dame is not LSU. LSU does have athletes like we do, but right. Um, I just don't know. Boy, you want to talk about a major? You know what? Looking. Oh, that was just a butt all the yeah, way around down in Miami. The only I one was down there for that one, and uh, I, I really thought Alabama was going to win the game and, and win, you know, by double digits. Not Eddie like that, Lacy, yeah. Eddie Lacy just ran through Manti Teo like a knife. Ran through him. Oh yeah, like his fake girlfriend. He was a like guy with a fake girlfriend. Manti Teo, yeah, yeah. Mm. That is a finalist. Uh, yeah, but that's that's the year uh, Manziel won it. Yeah, isn't it? Yep, yep. Because he made an appearance down there, and the media went bat crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was that that He's Manziel? He's a year old freshman. Yeah. What are you doing? But he'd won the Heisman. That makes a big difference. All right, you mentioned coaches. Name the top three coaches in Laura Lee Thompson's mind in the SEC. Right now. Right in the SEC. Well, that's tough. I mean, we know who uh, number one is. Eli Drinkwitz? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. Hey, uh, yeah, no. Well, I mean, yeah, I think is. you've really got, well. uh, you've got to say Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, and, and then it's a, a you know, Scotty it's Kelly, a I think. Scotty Kelly, right? Well, I don't, I don't know. know. You could go. Jimbo, if you had to, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't. I, I almost uh, just spit up a little in my mouth. Hugh Freeze <laughs> might uh, be, but not yet. You got Kelly Freeze and Lane Kiffin, offensive genius. I think so. Lane would be four in my mind. He hey, might this is be. A good topic. He might yeah. be number three. Maybe. 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 Let's continue this on the other side of the break. I'm about to order, and I'm getting shepherd's pie. What did you get? I forgot. Shepherd's pie. Light it's getting, getting cold. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll be back. We're at Innisfree. Come down and see us on this wonderful Friday afternoon as we bring you Big Noon Sports Live. Championships. Throws intercepted Alabama. 
filled by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on LSU at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Our coverage begins at 3.30 on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. More Big Noon Sports coming up. So many things I got. I got a lot of plates spinning here. But back to what we went into the break talking about. Best coaches in the SEC right now, you would go Nick Kirby. Kirby. But we, I think we all are different on who you'd pick three. Hard to find the third right now. You got some I offensive genius. You got some offensive. Do you think, do you think Kelly? I, I, think I, I lean towards Kiffin. I'd rather Lane take over for us. I mean, I mean, what would Kiffin be doing right now with uh, LSU's talent? Uh, um, uh, wow, he, yeah. he won a national yeah. championship. I mean, look what he's doing with Ole Miss and not knocking yeah. Ole Miss's talent, but they, LSU, they just don't have the same recruiting yeah, you know, at all. Yeah. Well, you so, know, we we kind of bouchard when we were talking uh, about Eli Drinkwich. <laughs> Man. He's done a great job. He's done a great he saved job. his job. Do you give him a chance tomorrow? Uh, I wish I could. Like yeah. I, I don't. Fifteen and a half's a lot, and it's at Sanford. And I know Missouri's defense is going to have a lot of trouble with Georgia. I like their offense a lot, but um, I don't give them much of a chance. Maybe they'll keep it close for a half, but I think Georgia will get up for that game for sure. I think they're kind of arriving, not arriving, but playing better right now, playing more inspired. Just to roll one out there real quick, I, I pulled up a national one, and they had. Uh, Heifel is third. Ooh, I forgot about Heifel. That's a good one, too. That's, you know, that's really why I had to look it up so I could yeah. see all 14 yeah. of them. Yeah. No. Sometimes you forget. But, uh, I block out Tennessee a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. As I, as I continue here, subject to subject, spinning plates. Note from the World Series that I don't think I've ever heard before. Will Smith, back to back to Three back. different teams, yep. World Series with three different teams. He was on the Braves, then the Astros, and now the Rangers. The Rangers. Mm. 
I've never heard of such a thing. He was a big factor in the on the Braves for y'all yeah, back was. then. But I've, the last two, I don't know if he's been as much as involved. I don't remember him appearing in the World Series. Not this you? year. No, no, I don't think so. Still, uh, that's that's one of those things I rings. yeah might be kind of hard to uh, surpass. That. Some of my Braves fans, fr- uh, friends that are, are fans that are friends of mine, think that they're going to sign bring Will Smith back yeah. just for the good karma. I can see that. I mean, why not? I don't know if you waste a roster space on that as yeah. valuable as pitching yeah, is. But hey, you know, you actually you can't put a value on karma either. No, you nope. can't. And he's a lefty, you know. Yeah. Maybe some value. Spot. But yeah. you know, guys, guys like him and other relievers that were kind of you know specialty guys, lefty on lefty. Yeah. You know, with the new rule change, which I don't like now. No, me neither. Um, it, it kind of eliminates that aspect. Yeah. The uh, need for a left-handed pitcher. Like, you know, my team, the Cubs, had like one last year, you know, and they were not great in the bullpen, but like they only have one. Like, you should have, be, have to have yeah. more than that. Yeah. That's one of the few rules that uh, they put in place this year that I did not like. Tell you what I did like, Robbie, real quick. Pitch count, good or bad for baseball? I like it. It, it sped the game up, you know. Anything that helps keep the fans more involved and keep the game moving, I like. Um, I don't want everything changed like they were, but some of the most stuff that was that was one I was approved. What I think is the pitch count did it was really a hitter's count because mm-hmm. hitters, you remember, they get out of the box and they wrap the their gloves yeah. and back and forth. And when they got to the postseason, I, I measured it out last year. Some players were averaging thirty plus seconds between pitches, and that was all on the hitter. So that needed to be taken care of. Okay. My other play, going to Laura Lee here real quick. Not real quick, but, you know, there's been this talk about the guy, the comedian that's going to be the guest picker on ESPN. That aside, Laura Lee, who would you pick to be the guest picker? You? I'm a nobody. No, you're not either. But I think, actually, I think we're going to have some writing balance here. Y'all think about it, too, now. Well, you know, I think that, and of course, we talked about this, I guess, before the show when you mentioned Sylvester Cream. And I'm friends with the Cream family. Remarkable Uh, family. They are. He would have been perfect. Um, Kelvin... Uh, what Kelvin Craig? Right, right. He actually taught me in high school. Really? He was apparently a brand new teacher, and that's how I met him. He's a, a minister here in town now. I think the whole family are pastors or ministers. So yeah. Well, their daddy I, was. I asked Kelvin to marry. My husband and me. So, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I we're on, uh, you know, we text each other all the time. And, of course, you know, when Sylvester was with the Titans, and I'm a Titans fan. Uh, so, I mean, he being who he is, a former SEC coach, uh, you know, Alabama, the championship team, I mean, the nice guy, revered, the entire family is revered in Tuscaloosa. I think it's a travesty. They, Nate, I mean, somebody, nobody even knows who he is. Nate Bargatsky. I think that's the way you said so Something I, like that. I, I just, I don't yeah. get that. And it's nothing against him. I've read a lot about him since this. He's a very funny guy. 
Uh, he also, rare in the world of stand-up comedy, does clean bits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's rare. So it's not against him. It's just against ESPN for not selecting somebody different. Robbie. Uh, you're in charge. You're the producer at ESPN. You know, you got your your fan favorites like a Justin Thomas or someone that yeah. would come in. I'm more of the let's help the program and recruit kind of thing. So I'm like Nate Oates or Coach Vaughn of baseball. I'd love to see that, too. So where they see some of these recruits see a coach that's talking to you on great national point. TV talking about Alabama and the program and why it's great to be here, I think would also do wonders for I, Alabama nationally. Nate, Nate's not going to have that appeal, is he? No, not the at all. No. All right. You're <laughs> in charge here, Peyton. Yeah, well, I think it'll probably take a few more years, but I'd love to see A.J. McCarron. It's probably a basic answer, but I'd love to see A.J. McCarron on there at some point. I just yeah. I want a guy that, like, gets the crowd involved behind it because when I used to watch game day religiously every Saturday and still kind of to this day, it's, you know, when the crowd gets really, really fired up, it gets you kind of awake when I'm sitting on my couch in the morning ready to watch football. I like when the crowd gets fired up. I would love to see A.J. McCarron. I know I'd be there and I'd be fired up too. There I'm are always... a lot of Alabama players around. Yeah. Oh. Oh, we can make a call right now and get you a know, place I, there. Somebody, I heard this on on the way over here. Why not Wimp? He'd be funny uh, as hell. Can you imagine Antonio Langham up there talking? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yo, now that would be... He's so dang funny. He is hilarious. I know. Even and, Tony, and Curry. So dry. Tony Curry. Tony Curry. Uh, <laughs> how about Robbie Glenn? Yeah, I'll get up there and talk. You know. I'd, I'd love it. I'll get my opinion. Why, uh, why has Celia Ward never done it? Maybe it's just she's probably turning them down, I would think. And maybe that's just the way she wants to do it. Coach Gene Stallings, bring him back. Well, I would uh, love to hear him. Coach uh, Coach uh, Oliver. Brother Bill. Brother. Um. I like Mike to hear sure. what, what about do? this Tatum, Tatum, Channing, Channing Tatum? Tatum? Yeah. Yeah, that would be you know uh, him. You look yep. like him. Were, uh, well, thank you. <laughs> My wife thanks you for that one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that would that would definitely bring a lot of the, the crowd to the to the set, that's for sure. Who was, I guess, what we would call the biggest future celebrity when you were on campus? Do you remember? <laughs> Well, I mean, because Celia Ward was, uh, I think, a senior when I was a freshman, so I'd count her. I, you know, I don't know if there were any. I mean, the first name that came to mind was Mike Shula. <laughs> so, well, that, I mean. And why not him on game day? What he do? Well, no, I don't think no, so. I don't think he wants not. to associate himself with Alabama. Uh, yeah. That's sad, though. Yeah. We'd have gotten him five, six years later. It might have been a different story. He was just overwhelmed. What about his Tua or anyone playing yeah. this weekend? Well, there? Oh, yeah. anyway, Jameer Gibbs is going to be in town. Yeah, Gibbs uh, is going to yeah. be in town. God, did he have a Crowd game? Yeah, to see him. He's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, what a breakout game. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we got to take a break. We'll come back. I want to talk to Laura Lee, the Bama broker, for just a second. We will continue our live broadcast from Ennis Free, the place to be on Friday. This is Big Noon Sports. Next, Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Monday, 7.30. Max Howell will join us. We'll talk about that LSU game. Are the Tide fans going to be sad or will they be ecstatic about the Alabama victory over the LSU Tigers? Also, the second hour, Doug Bell will join us. Uh, we'll look at Doug's picks. 
watching Doug win a game this week. We'll also discuss the Blue Plate Special. Inside the Locker Room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky this afternoon, Tuscaloosa size 68. Fair tonight, not as cold as recent nights, the low 41. The weekend looks good. Lots of sunshine tomorrow and Sunday. The high tomorrow 72. The high Sunday in the mid-70s at 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. And today, that network includes Laurel Thompson, the Bama Broker, Peyton, Jr., Communication student. What's your major? News media with a sports focus. Reese Pfeiffer building. And then shout out Lars who teaches him. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to uh, Taz. I mean, Robbie Glenn, whose daughter Jaden is here. Great to see Jaden here. Indeed it is. We're going to take a couple phone calls. Let's do it. Let's go to, uh, I believe we're calling from Georgia. Josh, you're on Big News Sports. Good afternoon. How are we doing? Great. We're great. I wanted to jump back to that number three coaches uh, spot we was talking about. As coaches in the SEC, of course, we all hold Coach Nick Saban, seven-time national champion at number one. I mean, who would, if not, who would it be? It wouldn't be anybody. Anyway, I guess Kirby would be number two because it is Nick's own son. And I personally put Lane Tiffin at number three. I just like Lane. He's a genius. And uh, I just wish he had a better defensive coordinator and he actually might have a threat to be reckoned with whenever he rolls into Athens in, what, next week or two weeks? So, that's just my take on it. Next week. 
So, yeah. And I'd love to see that lane train roll into yeah. Athens and upset them Bulldogs because I live about two hours away. I live over here in enemy territory. So, anyway. You know, guys, That's when, just me. Um, and, and I'm with you. I, I, I just think that you really – I think Ole Miss has a chance to win every game they played in anybody in the nation. Yeah, uh, They wouldn't be favored against all of them, but I just think – and they're starting to play a lot better. You yeah. know, we saw them against Tulane kind of struggle a lot with the backup quarterback and running the ball and stuff like that. But they got Judkins going now. They're playing really well right now. He's a he's a really he's good fantastic. ball player. Yeah. How did fantastic. he get out of Alabama? He didn't. He didn't get recruited by anyone yeah. except for Lane. So yeah. Lane uh, Speaking of Lane Kiffin, Matt, you and I were talking last night when we went out and uh, had some adult beverages um, about. I know the, nothing. The, the theory that I have. That Nick Saban ultimately is going to choose who the next coach at Alabama is going to be. And if you keep going on that line of logic, it would probably be one of his offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators. So, if that is the case, is Lane, Mike Loxley, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Kirby Smart not leaving. Uh, I don't think Sark would leave Texas. Any thoughts on this? I think if there were an odds, odds on there might be on who the next Alabama coach would be. It's a little far away, hopefully, but uh, Lane Kiffin would be who I. I would say Lane. Point yeah. To yeah. First. What about you, Laurie? Well, we know who it's not going to be after this week, <laughs> right? With the whole Dabo thing. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say Jim Harbaugh. Oh God, no! <laughs> no, no, no. no. You wonder what happened to this campus if they did that? Oh no. <laughs> No, I think it's too too early. I don't want to even think about it. But you know, I I know Lane Kiffin wants the job. Oh, absolutely. I, he right now, if I had to pick today, it'd be him. Let's go to Homer, who wants to talk about the game day guests and all. How you doing, Homer? Hey, how y'all doing? Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Yeah, I don't, I'm not calling about guests. I was a different subject about game day and about LSU. Uh, I like one thing I like about on game day is seeing all the signs that people have. Sometimes there's some pretty good ones. And I want to offer one to y'all and see what y'all think. I never used it, but it was uh, in my mind. I just never went out to game day. But my sign would have been playing Alabama means less smiles for less smiles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, they control what do you them think about that? a lot. I like it a lot. But they control them now. Used to, you could get away with some oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, everything uh, in the college football universe goes through Lincoln, Nebraska. And uh, the yeah. first sign, college game day, was in Lincoln. One guy in Lincoln started the tradition. And what did it say? Was it you? It wasn't me. No, it was just like, it was just like, uh, it, was a, it was a guy carrying a sign saying, like, hi, Henry, you know, to a friend. So they started it, but they just weren't real creative about it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is not nice, and they would probably remove it, but I can tell it on air. But there was, back when Holtz did a lot there, this is probably, what, 15, 20 years ago. Some some guy held up a sign and said, Lou Holtz is a genius. <laughs> oh. <laughs> some that. of the signs are so funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Oh. <laughs> Golly. 
I wish I could just collect $5 from you every time you manage to work Nebraska, Bengals, and Joe Burrow into a conversation. Joe freaking Burrow, yes. Let's talk to the Bama broker. Laura Lee? Yes. Is much changed since last week when we talked about this? Please tell me there's there's well, good yes. news for buyers yes. or sellers. Interest rates have come down. They have come down. Uh, of course, everybody is waiting to hear about the Fed, if they were going to raise rates, and what jo- uh, Jerome Powell had to say. Uh, they did nothing about the rates, and uh, that was really, really good. And then this morning, actually, uh, jobs data came out, and that helped even further because it was a little bit weaker, which is good, uh, than expectations. And what that shows is that the job market's holding steady, stable, but uh, not growing. And uh, so all of that caused, I mean, the stock market's rallying. Yeah, that's uh, what I wanted to ask you about. Uh, Just the last two days, the market has just been on a rocket ship. Uh, S&P 500 today up uh, 53 points right now. Is it, generally speaking, good for business, good for real estate when the market is heated? Well, of course. I mean, that means, you know, people who are investing, it, it, it makes you wealthier. So you'll have more money to play with when you go to buy a house, but also... Uh, when you look at the stock markets and, and the fact that the interest rates stayed the same, I mean, that's what's causing the market to go straight up. And, of course, the jobs data this this uh, morning. And so all of that goes hand in hand. So if you're buying a house right now and you have not locked in your rate, I, I'm not a mortgage lender, but I'd strongly consider looking at it because we don't know where rates are going to go, but they're pretty good right now. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a good time to buy a house because you're not going to be fighting everybody when rates go back down. If they hit five-something, then it's going to be uh, crazy. But I was talking to a lender yesterday, and he had FHA rates at six and a half. Mm, really? Yes. That That's was FHA. quite encouraging. So, and they're probably a little bit better today. So, of course, they fluctuate daily. So, it's, it's still a good time. All right. How do folks get in touch with the Bama Broker? You can go to my website, the Bama Broker. You can hit me up on social media at the Bama Broker. Call me at Advantage Realty or call me on my cell at 205-790-7229. Peyton, you are a junior at Alabama. 645 kickoff on Saturday. What is your day going to look like? Uh, I, if, if, if only we could be 21 yeah, again, yeah. Matt. I've, I'm, I'll bet you what he's about to tell you is what what happened 40 years ago. <laughs> it hasn't changed much. Than that, so. no, I don't, I'm, no, it's going to be a great not. day. Uh, I feel like we've had, well, we haven't had the night game yet. We've had the 231s, which has been it's a shorter tailgate. Usually we like to go like an hour plus early to get in the se- student section early. Um, but I think it's just going to be, you know, watching football and talking about, you know, we got got some friends from LSU coming up who uh, 
uh, you know, being from Louisiana, got a probably a group of like six at my house. They're probably arriving right now. Once I leave here, I'll see them. But uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, where do you guys you guys go to the quad or what, what do you do? Um, tomorrow we'll be, I think, on uh, the Caplewood Street. We got you know a few houses of my friends. Um, you know, that do a block tailgate. Party. Uh, block party, a little bit of a block party. Y'all can stop by if you want. You know, a lot of fun, good times. What did you do as a student, Matt? Well, the first time I was here, not much except pound it, you know. I just because uh, you know I've, that I've part, told I've, I've told yeah, yeah. Uh, I've told you that that's before. You to come to Jesus meeting with your father. Well, that's when my dad said, "Yeah, sure, go back to school on your dime." So the second time I went, I was working. I used to run the dang flagship station. I used to run the Alabama radio when Layton and Forney were there. Yeah, it was a blast. Did you ever listen to WTBC when you were growing up? Yeah. You probably listened to me, whether you knew it or not. Or no, whether I knew you who actually, you were. Whether you actually cared or not. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your game day like? Well, tomorrow we'll probably have brunch at my dad's house because he's a good cook, and we had talked about that. And then we're actually going to the business school. They're doing, uh, uh, I guess, lunch, dinner, uh, and we'll go there and hang out at the business school for a little bit, and then we'll go on to the stadium and see what the food is over there. So we're going to eat and watch football. And, uh, yeah, so it'll be a lot of fun. What about you, Lars? Here we have, we have one minute. I was thinking of just going and hanging out in my office. As Peyton knows, he could park a 747 yeah, in there, man. Big place. Um, but big big time. Big yeah. time. Yeah. Big time professor. Yep. Uh, but, no, I have uh, uh, my son Lincoln has a golf tournament. So we're going to be oh, that's uh, right. playing golf at, at Hoover. And then we're going to go to Robbie Glenn's and uh, get in a lot of trouble <laughs> and get yelled at by my ex-wife eventually. So... We'll see. Well, if she wasn't, she will now. Yeah. <laughs> the, the great hey. thing about this show is I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go get a beer. You're listening to Big Ben Sports. I thank our panel once again. And what do you say we line up and do it again next week? Let's do, do it. it again. Do it. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Peyton. Thanks, Charlie.